This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Heroes of HP12, the Wiccan Wanderers podcast powered by the fans. I'm Michael Kenny, joined as usual by Adam Cooper, Dan Clark and Damien Farrar-Hockley. Only one place to start really, no action at the weekend due to Port Vale's frozen pitch, but our trip to Wigan still went ahead, uh, unfortunately. A game of little quality, but plenty of empty crisp packets. The match took a bit of a strange turn when the referee was forced off with a head injury around the hour mark. It looked as if we'd done just enough to earn a point, but yet again, we lost it at the death. Wigan's 110th minute winner, that's a new EFL record by the way, making it another unhappy trip to the DW. Uh, Lads, that's now nine times this season and the second game in a row that we've conceded deep in injury time. And again, it's happened following a switch to a more defensive formation. Guys, Blooms, he's just not learning, is he? He's not, unfortunately, no. And um, look, I think most normal level-headed people would say, had that not happened, we would have been quite relatively happy with the the result, particularly up there, uh, and the performance, because we had a couple of chances. We had the, the better chances overall, didn't we? But, you know, we've spoken about round pegs in square holes before and how frustrating it is, but... It's brought Farino on in midfield, a position that I've never seen him play. And he's taken Freddie Potts off, who he's openly admitted we're, we're a worse side without. So I don't understand his thinking behind the substitution. Um, I don't really understand the need to make a substitution at that time. Um, and look, it, it's really frustrating because they'd worked hard. They defended really, really well. Um, like I said, we created a few, not loads of chances, we created a few chances when you take into account how poor the pitch was um, and how mm. strong the wind was. Like you said, Michael, in the chat yesterday, actually the the most mesmerising and interesting thing was the carrier bags and the crisp packets <laughs> blowing around the centre circle. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think I think actually it ha- had we walked away nil-nil on the back of that performance, most people would have been quite happy, but it's just an absolute stupidity and naivety of repeating the mistakes that we're constantly making by changing the shape and changing the personnel in the last two or three minutes, everybody getting their knickers in a twist and, um, and you know, it all falls apart. That said, it's not only the manager's fault. Um, You've got to look at some of the players as well. Jack Grimmer, gets all of his plaudits from me. I love the guy to bits, but first of all, gives away a silly free kick. And then secondly, doesn't mark his man. You know, 
yes, Blooms has made mistakes, but the players need to look at themselves in the mirror as well and realise that they've got a certain level of responsibility to to him, to themselves and to the supporters. So a frustrating night, but um, but a few positives to take out of it, I think. It was that type of game last night that, I mean, in the first half people were falling asleep probably and the, even the commentators started to talk about the heat map of the crisp packets and the top bags that were flying around just to see because it was more interesting than the actual game. Um, unfortunately, yes, he brought Freed on in, in midfield, but you know when that free kick was given, he's dropped into the back and created a back five and it's confused everyone. If you look at it, I don't think Grimmer knew if he was supposed to be marking that guy or the guy to his right. He thought one of the three in the middle might be marking him. Uh, it just confused everything. Just leave it as it is. He's not learning. And yes, the players had to take some responsibility. But if you manage throwing in tactical curveballs like that, at that stage of the game, I just I just don't see the logic in it. And They've got to talk to each other, though, haven't they? I don't, that's, the, yeah. that's the thing. A real lack of communication. But they didn't you know? have time, really. That's the no, thing. I mean, you know, you. It was so all, late. We've all seen us manage the game properly. Somebody walks over and stands on the ball, gives the defence a chance to to get into to, to get into position. Talk about who's marking who. You know who would have done that? Get into position. Josh Gowan. Yeah. 100%. If he was, if, when he's, he'll be back next game. He'd have stood on the ball. They wouldn't have been able to take it as quickly as they did. Simple as that. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, Wheels is on a. Great job covering for him, but I can't wait for him to be back next game. I really can't. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. You guys seem a bit more positive than I felt after last night, to be honest. And um, I'm pissed off, to be honest, in 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 the grand scheme of things. And it's not it's not the fact that we nearly drew at Wigan um, because a draw would have been a fine result, but we went for the draw. We didn't. Like we went forward a couple of times, but essentially it's been a carbon copy of so many games this season. I feel like week in, week out, we are repeating ourselves going, this is going to be a nil-nil or this is going to be a last-minute goal that we've equal- uh, like, we've conceded. Um, this ended up now. I think uh, there was a graph floating about today that I think half of our goals have been conceded after the 75th minute, which is poor game management it's another point that we are not learning from the mistakes. It's, uh, I don't even think we went to five at the back. I think there was, um, as you say, Farina was in midfield. So we've got players out of position. No one's sure where they're going. Um, we're literally at a point where Grimmer doesn't know out of the three players that he needs to mark. To be honest with you, as much as someone should have been marking and Grimmer was the closest player to him, where's the support from everyone else in the last throws of the game? They've got everything. They're going to throw everything forward. And I'm sorry, but the guy who scored it, his scoring gif is him nutting a ball into the back of the net. So if he's prolific from headers, and that's the way that he usually scores goals because that's in his scoring gif, should we not know that to the point where we should be pretty much man-marking him rather than the zonal marking that we seem to go to for the last minute. It just doesn't make sense. No, there was no it's communication not. at all. If you watch the goal again, there's no communication. Nobody's pointing. <laughs> nobody's thought about, oh, we could, you know, what if the ball falls to him? It was an absolute mess. Yeah. Do you not think we had the best chances though, Dan? We had a, look, we had a couple of chances. The thing is, right, we went for the draw. 100%. You could see the way that we'd set up and the way that we were playing. We'd gone for the draw. 
which okay it's Wigan you can kind of understand it yeah, to be honest with you the fact that we're one winning away 16. from home yeah when we're in bad form I think that that's the right thing to do it is potentially but when you're one winning 16 you probably should be going for the win and to be honest with you Wigan were there for the taking yeah, they, they didn't were. look special at all they were but what they happened, they played on Saturday as well. Well. what happens if he goes that. for it and we get spanked 5-0 do you know what? I'd, at, at this point in time, I'd rather we actually bloody went for it because we've got to go for it. I've put some out today that in six games' time, we're halfway into a season and we've got Fleetwood, Cheltenham, Peterborough, Bolton, Oxford and Stevenage. Now, if we don't get anything out of Fleetwood and Cheltenham, we are very much realistically heading into tw- half a season with only one win in our be- un- under our belt. That is a massive concern heading into a February and March, which is horrid. With an owner who doesn't want to get rid of his manager. Well, I don't know whether it's financially motivated or stubbornness or what it is, but there there has to be some kind of decision made at this point about whose fault it is and get people kind of grabbing by the scruff of the neck and go, what the fuck is going on here? Because you can't... It's half a season, nearly. We're nearly half a season with only one win. That that is no matter how how you look at it, that's relegation form. In we, any, we case. need to find out though if because Rob is being influenced by uh, Pete and his brother. His brother's not his brother's not on the board, though, is he? The board. No, no, but he's advising him on soccer matters because he understands it more than Rob does. And surely, surely, surely they they should be telling him look, just look at the league table. We're four points off relegation. This is if this it doesn't change. If we don't get points out of Fleetwood and Cheltenham, there's no way he can still be the manager. No way. I'm actually I'm I'm very surprised uh, with the relaxed attitude from our owners towards this alarming run of form. You know, I I think my uh, thoughts on the Kuigs having done some research as they came into the club. Um, prolific uh, New Orleans lawyer, well known in that region. Uh, Americans don't fuck about. Um, you know, all you need to do is just look at their sports, and you know, if if things don't go right, uh, it, obviously they make shrewd business decisions. Um, but if things don't go right, they're not afraid to make a change. And here we are, as you mentioned, Dan, one win in 16 games now. Uh, Bloomfield has had over 50 games. That's an entire season's worth of games. We've only had 11 wins in that time. Uh, it doesn't look good at all. And and can contrast this with what else is going on in the league at the moment. Shrewsbury Town have sacked and hired a new manager in the time that we've had this conversation. And last night, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, Charlton have sacked Michael Appleton following their late capitulation against Northampton. He was given 28 games. And I know that that club's run by bloody Charlie Methan. Um, mm. But, you know, they... They they know that they're on a slide. They're just they're above us in the table by one position, um, but they know that they need to do something quite drastic to avoid falling into the same battle that we seem yeah, to be I, falling I into. Can't. Are, are we gonna are we gonna pay the ultimate price here by going against the grain and showing loyalty? Is it good to show loyalty, or is it just is it you know is it just a bit of weakness? I can't That's, get my head around whether I'd rather have a sorry Dan whether I'd rather have mm. a chairman who is loyal and backs his manager to the hilt or one who pulls the trigger like an Abramovich type figure um 
I can't get my head around what I would prefer. You know, I love Blooms, but the numbers are staring you right in the face. One win in 16, like you say, is relegation form with four points above relegation. Damo just said, you know, if we don't win it, or if we don't get anything from Fleetwood and Cheltenham, then, you know, he can't be the manager. But I think we need to act now. Um and, we, we've uh, we've said we've said for weeks and weeks and weeks, and um, you know we're 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 the optimists. We're yeah. the ones that are willing to give him time, and you know we've gone on record time and time and time again talking about how much we love Blooms the man, Blooms the player, how we're how we were willing and eager to give Blooms the time uh, to make this work. But the thing is, is nine goals conceded in injury time. Uh, a clear and obvious lack of gamesmanship uh, and, and that kind of fortitude that's required to see games out. The buck stops with Blooms. I mean, yes, you can point at players and go, yes, they should be doing better. But it's down to Blooms and his team to be, you know, they, nine games. That's that's He's had a lot of time now to put machinations in place to avoid this kind of thing that we're talking about right now and and to concede a goal after 110 minutes it's madness i said that about children and fleetwood because i generally don't believe he'll sack him i don't think he's got it in him we, we were saying in the chat we were joking in the chat going we're gonna we're gonna concede a goal here aren't we Unfortunately, we predicted it. We said as soon as the change came on, we said, oh, you know, this is going to happen now. I think, to be honest with you, I, I, saw, I saw it more than, more than one place beyond our chat. I think people knew it was coming, and that's the problem. Remove sentimentality from the equation here and put it in basic results-based situation would you still keep would you still keep a manager that has, that has got this level of form at this remove sentimentality entirely from it and probably most of the time 99 times out of 100 the answer is no but my my problem is and you've got to compare it to gas because gas had a bit of a struggle at the start and you know we nearly got out, went out the league difference with Gaz and Dobbo was was that I felt that there was a learning from the mistakes and a willingness to adapt there's no the game game management is purely the problem because it's always that oh you know we, we we attacked well and we we you know we set up really well and um you know we just got unlucky how many, what point does luck turn into the fact that actually we're just shit at closing out games and actually we need to do better than that it's it's incompetence yeah, the, the thing that drove me mad yesterday, and it's been kind of creeping into the way we're communicating, whether it's in broadcast or on social media, it's just this kind of, you know, just kind of almost this hit it and hope mentality, you know, hoping that if we're just taking pot shots at the goal, there's going to be a lucky ricochet here and there. That's not how you play football. That's not how no. you're supposed to do it. That's how, you know, that's how you fluke results. And it's not sustainable. Um, and... We need to be calling it like it is. I'm 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 sick and tired of these post-match interviews with Blooms, who has the I'm disappointed face locked down at this point because he's had to do it so many times, just coming out with the same shit every single time. Oh, we were in the ascendancy. Were we, though? Ascendancy, ascendancy counts for nothing if we're not doing anything with it. Yeah. That, that's the point. I, look, I know the players, that there is some responsibility with the players here, but... We've got enough talent in that squad. There, it's got to be something to do with the structure and how it's set out and how we go out to play because it's not working with the the level of talent we got. 
I, I actually think we've probably got one of the most talented, and I'm not, you know, we've we've had a lot of talented players over the years. This is one of the most talented squads we've ever had in terms of ability. And it feels like we're just wasting it. I, I look at Adam's England analogy last last week, and it's probably very much in line. We, we are literally wasting a generation of talent here. We're wasting a season of talent here at this current moment in time. And I think that's where the real frustration is coming from. You know, we yeah. look, I, I mean, I've, I've gone on record many times on this podcast and said that I'd be delighted with a mid-table uh, finish this season because we are a work in progress. We've got a very raw, talented squad filled with a lot of, you know, real blue chip prospects. They're not going to be superstars overnight, but this is the season that they kind of push on. We finish mid-table, then we consolidate and we push on further. Um, yeah. and, and, and we're not seeing that. And, you know, we've, we've mentioned before, it's like, well, you know, this, uh, this lack of ability to see a game out, you know, is that down to, you know, rookie mistakes? But the thing is, is the mistakes that I'm seeing are coming from our more tenured veteran players. That's uh-huh. the crazy thing about it. And so, you know, when, when it comes to, you know, what is the root cause you know, it, it gets really hard to really put your, you know, to put a finger on it. Look at the longer term problem as well. We've had a season where we've brought in some very highly talented youngsters or, you know, I'm mainly talking about Freddie Potts here because he's been the one, you know, but we're bringing talented youngsters from Premier League and Championship in. Where does that sit us for the seasons after when we've basically brought these players in and pretty much done fuck all with them? That doesn't do well for our reputation going into the few seasons ahead. That's a concern as well. We're, we're not just talking about short-term problem here. It's longer-term implications as well. I wouldn't be shocked if Freddie Potts got recalled by West Ham. He's not getting really? anything out, yeah. out the loan here. Uh, they sent him to a championship club. It's a real worry. I really think it is. Because especially if, if they do eventually sack Bloomfield... And Freddie Fox goes, well, I'm not sure about this new manager. Call him back, send him to someone else. Mm. I don't I don't think Potts will be recalled. I think that he's integrated into the side enough. And uh, we do seem to have a good connection with with West Ham. So, so with Kadira as well. Yeah. Just yeah. Phillips as well, haven't they? Yes, yeah. So I don't think there's much of a place for him. I mean, they could send him to a championship club if they really wanted to test his metal and see if they could fast-track him into the starting squad. But I just don't see it's really going to happen. I I, I think it's a very valid point. I think at some point we're going to have to sit down again and really kind of look at our long-term prospects. And I think that we might have to get comfortable with this idea that we could be in the midst of a decline here that's just going to happen. You know, and also looking at it from from the perspective of the owners, they don't really want a relegation on their record, you know, under their stewardship. However, what's easier selling a club that is scrapping and clawing at the bottom of the you know league 1 or selling a club that's riding high in the ascendancy of league 2 i don't know i d- i don't think they're actively looking for people at the moment though um i think they've uh, by all accounts from rob's interviews they've already had a lot of interest so i think probably if anyone of those people are already buying they're already hooked anyway so i don't really think position makes a difference at this point in time in terms of they're not, they're not they? they've not got the shop window open have they i don't think the shop windows needs to be decorated at the moment i think people know what the product what products we've got put it there that is way an investor on the, on, on the line though isn't there they've got someone in to invest in the company yeah Mikhail lomtadzi georgian guy kazakh yeah uh, works in kazakhstan who um was uh recently just uh 
floated Caspi on the stock market and made a lot of money from it. So I don't I don't know his I don't know his level of involvement anyway, but yeah, it's worth pointless speculating, isn't it? Let's uh let's move on from this uh windswept nightmare. Uh, there are some positives to take. Uh, Adam mentioned it, um, and I think we all saw, you know, some glimmers of sparks of hope. So let's jump into who we think was our hero of the match. Freddie Potts for me. Just thought he looked every bit the Premier League player. Um, just a couple of little touches and turns, just keeping the ball moving in the midfield. Um, and where, where would we be without him? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with probably Joe Lowe because I don't think he missed a header all night. Yeah, a good game, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say the same. To be honest with you, apart from it, it's it's such a shame really because we actually looked okay defensively. Wigan didn't look like they troubled us much, and I thought that was you know mainly down to your Joe Lowe's and your Tafts at the back. I'd give it to Joe Lowe as well. Yeah, uh, definitely a case to be making uh, for for Jolo or, or Taff. Um, I was, um, I thought um, Kieran Sadley had another decent game. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he uh, he was a nuisance for for, for much of the evening. I thought GMAC had a pretty good game as well. Um, looked at, looked to fret and and was really trying to make things happen. I thought that those two were causing all sorts of problems. But yeah, um, I mean Wigan really didn't impress me much last night. And uh, you know a lot was said last week about my absolute fear about going to the DW, given a horrible historical record there. Um, but yeah, I mean it looked like a game that we really could have taken something from. So uh, very very disappointed. But yeah, hero of the match for me would be probably yeah. Let's go with Kieran Sadler. So um, yeah, some uh, also let's, let's let's talk quickly about uh, you know Chem Chem Campbell making his second uh, return, bit of a quiet return <laughs> last night. Um, but Kone uh, came on for you know about well for the, for the final twenty minutes and um, caused some problems enough to convince me at least that I think he's probably got a place in our starting lineup going forward. Uh, he should have taken that chance, shouldn't he? If only that chance had fallen nicely to him. But do you know what? It was it was what one thing I loved about it was the fact that he was he seemed proper gutted when he missed it. Um not to say that I'm really pleased that he's gutted, but it's just the passion's there, which is great. And he's he really wants to impress. And I think that hunger at the moment would do us quite nicely in attack. Not to say that Vokes isn't, because Vokes has been much, much better recently. He's in he's in good form. But yeah. It's just nice to see, isn't it? I think I think Akone with ten games under his belt puts that away because he's up up with the pace no. of the game. Um, it's just it's just at this point he's just reacting a, that's a tiny bit slower than everyone else. I think uh, ten games under his belt. Let's be fair, it bounced out at him at a, a hell of a speed and a exactly, hell of an angle. I reckon when he's up up to speed, he'll he'll knock that rebound in, even though it came out at that angle. My expectation level is uh, has gone up after that performance yesterday, albeit you know as only a twenty minute demonstration. But um, I think he was a real nuisance in that cameo, and uh, I absolutely we'll we'll get into the uh, to Fleetwood preview in, in a bit. But a little bit of a preview to the preview is is I think he should absolutely be starting. And do you know what would absolutely make my season a nice tidy. Brexit style four four two with Voxy and Coney up front. Oh, that would be a thing <laughs> of beauty. Uh, right, let's let's move on. Uh, we've we've got to pick ourselves up after all that shit. Um, but we've got just the idea. We were going to do this at Christmas. 
but we didn't because results were terrible, but we've got to do it at some point. So here we are. Here we're doing it. We're introducing the very first, first ever Heroes of HP 12 quiz. Yeah, that's right. Four rounds, a veritable buffet of trivia for the diehard Wiccan Wanderers fan. Now, here's how it's going to work. There are going to be four rounds. Each of us are going to act as quiz master and we're all going to participate in the quiz. The winner will earn bragging rights for the rest of the season. And you, dear listener, can also play along. Grab a bit of paper, open up a Word doc and uh, yeah, feel free to get stuck in as well. Let us know what you scored on Twitter at Heroes of HP 12. Right, before we get into this, first things first, um, what are our team names. Adam, what are you going with as your team quiz name? I've been trying to think of something as witty as Dan's and have, haven't come up with anything at all. Uh, so I, I'm just going to go with Jamie Bates' big red head. <laughs> uh, Dan, obviously, uh, Adam is, uh, is, is kind of setting you up there. What is your quiz name? It's very simple, isn't it? It's, it's got to be our uh, tenacious left back of the early 2000s, Quiz Vinicum. Quiz Vinicum, I absolutely love it. Uh, Damo, your quiz name, please, sir. I'm slightly seeing an idea from yesterday, but I've got going for, uh, apart, other than Scowan and Chris Verino, I'm going for Quiz Marsh and Quiz Verino. Quiz Marsh and Chris uh, Quiz Verino. Okay. Yeah. Um, but all of the all of all of the quizzes. Okay. All right. Um, I I had a moment of brilliance uh, about five minutes before we went on because I was going to do uh, Quiz Farino, but clearly you've stolen that from me, Demo. Uh, I'm going Citizen Kone. There you go. Oh, I love oh, it. I love it. There you I go. I love it. Right. As I said, four rounds. Adam, you're going to get us started with old school. So these are going to be questions that around Wiccan Wanderers' inception to the year 2000. Round two will be you, Dan. You'll be doing current, which is 2000 to present day. I'll be doing round three, which is a guess the player. I think I've made it pretty hard. And then Damo, general knowledge to finish us out. In the event of a tie, we have a tiebreaker, which is called Dan. In honour of our fantastic Dutch right back, Gus Ulenbeek, it's is it Gus Trulenbeek or False Lumbeek? <laughs> I absolutely love it. And so should you. Uh, right, okay, here we go. So um, round one, um, I think what we're going to do uh, is if we go through the rounds and then at the end we'll do the answers and scoring and determining the final winner. Does that make sense? Does that work? Sure, yeah. Perfect. All right, okay. Uh, Adam, get us started. Round one. Okay, question number one. Um, so we all know that we were founded in 1887, but what year did the Chairboys join the Southern League? Was it A, 1896, B, 1889, or C, 1908? So what year did the Chairboys join the Southern League? A, 1896, B, 1889, C, 1908. Question number two. In which High Wycombe pub is the club thought to have been formed? Is it A, the Steam Engine, B, the Flint Cottage, or C, 
the Happy Wanderer. Hmm. Do you need that again, or are we happy? Happy Wanderer, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, question number three. In what year did Brian Lee retire? Was it... 1981, 1979, or 1976? Oh. Can you read those out again, please, Anne? Was it 1981, 1979, or 1976? It's really bad that we're having to guess most of these. <laughs> the next one's... You should know, Damo. You were there for the foundation. <laughs> <laughs> here comes two nice easy ones for you Mm. in the early 90s the club played three fixtures at Wembley who were our opponents I'm not including the London fives by the way So, at Wembley, Wembley only. At Wembley Stadium, yeah. Who were our opponents in the three games that we played at Wembley? I know this one. Was that two of them? I I think, yeah, okay, right. I've got two of them, and I can't think of the last one. I know, the thing is, there's one in 1930s where we played in Highbury, and that was one I was thinking. I thought, London, yes. But no, it's not that one. And number five. In 1999, the club managed the great escape under manager Laurie Sanchez. Who scored the goal in our 1-0 win at Lincoln to secure our place? I was, I was there with you, with your with your blonde tips that you had on your head. You were tips, that is, not tips. Tips. <laughs> I was there as a uh, nine-slash-no, nine-year-old. So, you know, that tells you how old what, you lot were. What was that? 99. 1999. So I was uh, just before I turned 10. Oh, I was 16. <laughs> <laughs> you old. You old bat you. Right, um, Adam, that's uh, your round completed. Um, does anyone need any more question reads there? No. No. Um, all right, I, I think we can move on. Dan, round two, current 2000 to present day. Let's go. See, I haven't done... A, B, or C, but we'll go for it anyway. Okay. And mine feel a bit easier compared to Adam's. Adam's are really hard. So, since the 2000-2001 season, have we played more seasons in League 1 or League 2? That's a hell of a question. Yeah, say that again. Since the 2000-2001 season, have we played more seasons in League 1 or League 2? Okay. We had a period where it's we were a bit pop- like Rochdale, but we couldn't get out of League Two. Yeah. It's, a, it's a worrying thing. All right, that's uh, yeah. Right. right. Oh, I don't like that one. Ooh. It's very close. Can I tell you? Oh, I don't like it, Dan. I don't like you, Dan. <laughs> right, next one. Um, so this is a nice and easy one. What was our points per game total in the famous COVID year when we got promoted in the playoff final against Oxford United? I hope no posh fans are listening to this one. <laughs> that one was really easy. I'm not giving you an option between the three. You can guess it. 
And if you get it, you get a point. Right, question three. We're often crying out for a 20 goal plus a season striker. We've only had three seasons since 2000-2001 in which a player has scored more than 20 goals in one season. League goals, that is. Can you name one of those players? And can we do it so you get an extra point if you guess how many goals they scored in that season? Uh, Or why don't we do an extra point if you can name a point for each player you can name that did it? All right, go for that. Yeah. This is, by the way, it's since 2000, 2001, because there was actually a player in 99, 2000 that scored more than 20 goals. Oh, shit. Yeah, a hat trick every game, don't you? So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But we're not counting that one. Um, I've, got, I've got three names down. Got that's trick. That's tricky. That is tricky. I, uh, but I like it. I like it. But when you hear when you when you hear the answers, though, you're gonna go, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Right, number four. I'm not looking for the spelling here. Um, just you pronounce it, and you can say it close enough. Our current number one keeper is none other than our polling goal, Max Struyek. Way back in 2007, we had another pole in the goal who made one. An only appearance for us. Can you name him? 2007. 2007. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points at the death. Who doesn't love a last minute winner? Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think Polish. If it's the right person, it's... I think I remember the game. Was it Brentford away? No, it wasn't. It was Swansea away in the EFL Trophy, we did, and we, we lost 2-0. Oh, no, Chesney played against us for Brentford away. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not looking for Chesney. I'm looking for the, the Poland goal who's made one and only appearance, because I was actually looking for a few players that had one appearance against us. Oh, play, played, sorry, played with us for one time. There's quite a few, actually. Yep. Right, let's go. Last question. Question Question five. Our famous 2000-2001 cup run saw us run all the way to the FA Cup semi-final against Liverpool. We played many memorable teams in that run, but who did we play in the first round? Mm -hmm. If you want a clue, there was a veteran player called Barry Silkman who played probably his final game against us in that game. Challenged Laurie Sanchez to a fight, didn't he? I'm pretty sure it was Barry Silkman. Yeah. Have you got this, Adam? No. Oh, Adam. Adam looks like he's struggling. I don't. I haven't got that either. Oh! I, th- I, I think. I think, but I'm not. I wouldn't say it with any conviction. I wouldn't put my house on it. Right. This. We. We, we got to move on. We got to move on. Scribble it down. Scribble it down. Yeah. Ironically, Barry Silkman did actually play for us in 1986, 1987. He did. He did. Um. Right, are we done? There for those games. Are we done? We're done. We're done. All right, well done, Dan. Uh, me next, uh, round three, which is guess the player. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you uh, some details on five former 
chair boys and you need to work out who they are based on the information that I'm giving you. This is going to be really quite difficult. I'm not going to I'm going to go completely silent. Also, if we try and avoid too much chatter, I'm going to set a timer for 30 seconds for each because I think that it needs a little bit of extra time to get it right. Not as much time as what we had at Wigan. Um, right, <laughs> here we here we go. So, I'm going to set a timer. Um I'm going to set a stopwatch, actually. That's a bit nicer. Okay. Player number one. Striker. Signed from Birmingham City in 1995. 123 league appearances for us. Scored 15 goals. Left to join South End in 1999. Who is that player, please? I think I got that all one. Wiccan players, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Let me know when you've got it and we can move on. Yep. Yeah, I think I've got that one. It's between two, but I think I've got it. Nope, move on. <laughs> okay, no. okay, we'll move on. Player number two, a midfielder, a youth academy graduate, turned full professional in 1996. 53 total appearances with two goals. He was released in 2001 and went on to play for Carlisle, Forest Green Rovers, and Kingstonian, among others. Who is that player, please? I am going to be rubbish at this round. I think I've got that one as well. I think, <laughs> yeah, I, think I know that one. Move on, Damo? Yeah, I'm not getting him. <laughs> okay, all right. Just, just make a guess. Make a guess. You never know. Player number three. A defender signed in 2007 following spells with Southend and Gillingham. 178 league appearances with four goals and four international caps with Grenada. Retired following his release in 2014. Who is that player? I think I might have one. Oh, that one. <laughs> Are we good? Mm-hmm. Very good. I'm getting lots of nods. Adam, you good? Yeah. All right. Adam's all business. Number four, striker, joined from Lincoln City in 1991. A combined three total spells with the club. His last appearance came in 1999. Spells at 22 clubs over a 20-year career. His last recorded appearance was with Northwood in 2006. Who is that player, please? Back to being rubbish. I guess. I don't think it's right. Yeah, I've done the same. There's people screaming at their listening devices at this one. Three seconds, two seconds, one second. We're moving on. All right. Final player, a forward, joined from Wrexham in 2002. 58 total league appearances with eight goals. He left in 2005 and went on to play for Oxford City, Woking, and Aylesbury United, among others. Who is that player, please? 
Didn't know he played for Elsby United, though. Oh. Did, didn't, we, didn't we sponsor him? This is what I'm thinking of. Right, there uh, goes the competition of right out the window. Just write him? the we bloody should... answer down, Damo, and shut I have, up. I have done. I have done. <laughs> have we all got it? I've got that yeah, one. Got that one. I'm, I'm stuck between two. Oh, five seconds, four, three, yeah, two, one. Struck weird. One. There we go. Right, that is me done. And now we move to Demo, round four, general knowledge. Here we go, I mean, Demo. Some of these are difficult, but you can have a guess at them. Okay, ready for question one? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm going to ease you in. Stanley Which Matthews. Pl- <laughs> no. <laughs> Which two players... Were the goal scorers in the current world record for the shortest time between goals in a single game? Is this one point per player? Yeah. All got an answer? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, question two. What year was the European Cup first won by a British club? Oh. oh, and we all know who that oh. British club was. There's no no extra point for naming the club. Okay, oh, that's a bit strict, Damo. <laughs> Me, I'll just I'll do it in the answers later. Nope, <laughs> no points for you. I actually think I got that wrong. I think I got that wrong. My dad's okay, we're ready for question question three. Yeah. Now this is a is a doozy, but you can have a general guess. What is the highest amount of goals scored in a single FIFA Men's World Cup match? Match. Well, and can you can you read the question out again, please, Damon? Yeah. What is the highest amount of goals scored in a single FIFA Men's World Cup match? Is this just in the finals competition or in the qualifying as well? In the finals. Ah, see, that's oh. a cat. That's good. Okay. Good clarification there, Adam. I thought so. Okay, ready for question four? Mm-hmm. Yep. In what country is the world's largest football stadium? Small clue. I can guarantee none of you have been there. Yep. Now that one. Oh, I can tell oh. you the name and the attendant and the size of it as well. Because okay. I'm a geek. <laughs> well, I looked this up earlier, so I don't think it's right. <laughs> it is right, yeah. Okay, and question five? Who are the only British side to have a 100% record against Barcelona in European competitive matches? Oh, can you say that again, please, Damo? Who are the only oh. British side to have a 100% record against Barcelona in competitive matches, European matches? Well, I, I, well we've never oh. lost to them. <laughs> no, you actually had to have played them. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, like that... our record against Man City that got shattered in the League Cup, wasn't it? I know, didn't, didn't it just... <laughs> Uh, but they're my right. I've got the league double though. All right, Very fantastic. Um, here, right, we are done. So now what we need to do is go back to the start, and um, yeah, we need to um, we need to tote these uh, tote these up and, and determine who a winner is. So Adam, can we please, sir, go through uh, your round, and uh, then we will do some scores on the doors. Of course, can right. Um... Chairboys joined the Southern League in 1896. Ah. Which one was what, that, so A, B, or C? That was A. Uh, uh, 
Uh, oh, shit for me, then. Uh, and me. <laughs> Number two, the High Wycombe pub that the club was thought to have been formed in was the Steam Engine. Was that A. Eight. Number three, Brian Lee retired in 1976. That was C. Ah, rubbish. Yes. Got that one. That was a guess, oh. though. <laughs> this next one, though, did you get the third one, Dan? The, the club played three fixtures no. at Wembley in the early 90s. Who were our opponents? They were Kidderminster, Runcorn, yep. and Preston. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Oh, come on. Is that a point for each? Um, no. Point. Point four. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, I think we're going to have to. I think we're going to have to renege on um, Dan's. The, the reason why we could, should only do one point for a correct answer is because other players uh, in other rounds might not have multi-point. It. Yeah, so it needs to be fair. So it's one point or nothing. Yeah. I'm afraid for for these. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, last one. Who scored the goal in our one nil win at Lincoln? All emblem, wasn't it? All emblem. It was yeah, indeed. Come on. Right. Okay. Um, so, um, Dan, what did you score? Three. Damo, what did you score? Three. I scored three as well. So there we go. We're, we're all tied uh, with uh, Adam in, in last place because he hasn't been able to answer any questions yet, which will change imminently. Uh, round two, Dan, let's go through right. your answer, please. So, since 2000-2001 season, have we played more seasons in League 1 or League 2? We've played 12 seasons in League 2 and 11 in League 1. Yes! The one year being Championship. I, I, I can't believe I'm celebrating that we played more seasons in League 2. <laughs> it's, it's not good. It's not good. But I uh, got it right. So, our PPG total was anyone? 1.74. 1.74. Well done. So, right. our 20 goal a season strikers, we've only achieved it three times in oh, a single season for league goals. Bear in mind, league goals. Anyone? I Can I? Scott McLeish. Uh-huh. Scott McLeish is one. We're 26 in the 2007-2008 season. Tyson. Not two others. Nathan Tyson with 22 in 2004 and 2005. Easter? Hey. Nah, Jermaine Easter didn't manage it. Bevan? Stuart Bevan with 21 in 2011-2012. My other name was Cashcat. Yeah, I went went Nathan Tyson, Tommy Mooney and Bayo. So I don't get any points for that because I only got two of them. Yep, yep, that dems the rules, Damo. Dems the yeah. yeah. Sean Devine scored 23 in the 99-2000 season, but that is technically half my character, uh, category, so it doesn't count. <sighs> right. Our uh, poll in the goal who made one appearance against Swansea in the 2-0 defeat in the EFL Trophy. His name, and I know Adam Gipke is also very much Polish um, fan background everything, uh, will kill me for this pronunciation, but it is Przemysław Kazimierzak, who wow. was on loan from Bolton Wanderers. I, I didn't yeah. even know he played for us. No, We no had two, two, great, two keepers on loan during that season. Yeah, I remember, I can't remember the, the other uh, one. 
I remember was, was the, the other weird... one Lunigan or something like that. Might have been. I remember the weird situation with the goalkeepers in that season, and I remember loaning somebody from Bolton, but I couldn't have told you his name. Yeah, I was, I was hoping if you'd kind of present us love, yeah. So, our famous 2001-2001 cut run, who did we play in the first round? Harrow Borough. I think Harrow him... Borough. Yes. Because I got told off of that game for swearing. <laughs> you were one of 2,681 that went to see that game. Jamie Bates got two. Yeah. Michael Simpson scored one. One three now. Orange kit and it was on Tilly. I was there. Mm-hmm. I was there. I, I'm very proud of the fact that I was there for that game and then there at Villa Park with all the other, well, with the plastics. Um, right. Uh, scores. Adam, how did you get on? Oh, dear. Not good. Oh, no. Uh, two. Two. Uh, Damo, how did you do? I got two as well. Uh, okay, so scores on the doors. Uh, in last place, Adam. I reckon he'll be able to pull it off, though, with two. Dan with three. Damo with five. And then me. It's not rigged, honestly, with six. Um, I'm not going to score any points here because it's my round next. So round three. Uh, guess the player. Player number one. Striker signed from Birmingham in 95. 123 league appearances. 15 goals left to join Southend in 1999. He was... Steve John McGavin. Williams? Steve McGavin. Uh, I've got Steve Tony Hemmings as a guess. There we go. Also, if you I got Steve McGavin. I went on holiday <laughs> with Steve McGavin to Mallorca. Not personally. I was I was a young boy, but he ended up being in the same hotel I was. I love it. I love it. Uh, player number two, midfielder, Youth Academy graduate, turned full pro in 96, 53 appearances, two goals, released in 2001, went off and played for Carlisle Forest Green Rovers and Kingstonian. It was Mo. Mo Harkin. Oh, I didn't get that. There we go. Uh, player number three, defender, signed in 2007, Southend and Gillingham former clubs, 178 appearances and four international caps for Grenada. Retired in 2014, it was Leon Johnson. Leon Johnson. Ah, got one. <laughs> player number four. So this this looked like it stumped you guys and you're going to be yeah. eating yourself. Uh, striker, joined from Lincoln 91, three total spells. 22 total clubs over a 20-year career. He was Keith Scott. Yes! yes I got that oh, one. no. <laughs> yes! Uh, and finally, number five, forward, joined from Wrexham in 2002. 58 league appearances, eight goals left in 2005. And, yes, he played for Ellsbury United. It is Craig Craig. I've got his yellow away shirt from that, that season. Right, scores. Adam, what did you get? Um, I got four in that one. Four, well done. Dan? Five out of five. I'm buzzing. And Damo, what did you get? Two. Two. (laughs) It's all right. It's fine. Uh, Right, so scores heading into the final round. It's it's close. Uh, Joint third, me and Adam with six. In second is Damo with seven. In first is the mighty Dan. Will that change with Damo? I can't, I can't get any points this, this Probably, round. Yeah. Final round. Yeah, so here we go. Damo, answers right. please. So the, first, the two players who are current world record holders for the shortest time between goals are Jamie Bates and Jermaine McSporran. It's yes. still a record. Love it. Still a record. Okay. The year that was first European Cup won by a British team was 1967. Oh, no, it was two years out. Was it Celtic? 
Celtic. It was Celtic, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I got Celtic. I just didn't get the year. Uh, the highest amount of goals scored in a single FIFA Men's World Cup finals match was way back in 1954. I wasn't there. And it was 12. And uh, I was one off. Austria uh, 7, Switzerland 5. Uh, I, I, got, I, was, I, could, I thought it was um, I thought it was Brazil-Germany for some reason. Yeah, I thought that as well, but I looked it up and it wasn't. <laughs> uh, I, I seem to remember there was some weird games back in the 50s and stuff, and yeah. I put 11. But, yeah, well. it was 12. Okay, so next one is... In what country is the world's largest football stadium? Dan, you think you know it? What is it? It's it's the Mayday Stadium in North Korea, and it's 120,000 seater. It's 150,000, but that wasn't the question. That wasn't the you are, It's the right stadium. It's the right stadium, North, North Korea. Korea. Yes, that was a complete it's, guess on my part. Technical name is the Rungrado Run, Run First of May Stadium, but the, the answer to the question is North Korea. So. Uh. I'm glad I got the pop uh, the uh, capacity wrong, so I apologise on that one. <laughs> no, not good enough. Uh, okay, and this one, this, this one is a brilliant one. Okay. So, who are the only British side to have a hundred percent record against Barcelona in competitive matches, European matches? Well, I've gone for a weird left wing one here, and I've gone Spurs, but I don't think I'm right. I've gone it's Aston Spurs. Villa. It's not Aston Villa. Adam. I've gone Liverpool, but I don't think it's right. You're all wrong country. Forest. Oh, it is Dundee United. Dundee United. No, they played them in the UEFA Cup in '66, '67, and '86, '87, and they won all four games. Uh, my my general ball knowledge sucks. Uh, right, okay. Scores, uh, Adam. What did you score there? One. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, Dan. Two. Two. Jamie Bates, Jermaine McSporran, North Korea. Okay, and uh, all right. Well, we don't need a tie break because we have a winner. Uh, in joint third place with seven, Adam and Damo. In second place with eight is me. So the winner with 10 is Dan. Round of applause for Dan. Daniel! Quiz Vinicum. Well done, Quiz Vinicum wins the He's day. He's a quizzy rascal. There we go. That was um, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, we'll that, that that we should. Well, we will do it again next season. Will Dan retain the uh, soon-to-be coveted Heroes of HP Twelve Quiz Championship? We'll find out. Um, quickly, before we get on to the Fleetwood preview, obviously a bit of news today. Uh, some sad news is uh, TJ DeBar has left the club, uh, returning back to Gibraltar. He rejoined Lincoln Red Imps. Uh, two goals in 45 appearances over the course of his Wick and Wanderers career, joining in 2021. We need to remember his debut. He got off to a terrific start, scoring that late equaliser and then the winning penalty in his debut against Stevenage in the League Cup. Um, that was that was a really memorable debut. I remember some of the images from that game really, really vividly. What, what do you think went wrong? I don't think anything went wrong per se. I think he probably didn't develop as much and as quickly as, as a lot of people thought. And he didn't get an enough chances um you know we've spoken about it before i think that stat is 45 games and two goals 
Um, it sounds pretty terrible, but, you know, the number of substitute appearances in there, I don't know how many starts he's made, but I would be surprised if it was in double figures. Um, I genuinely believe had he had a run of sort of eight or ten games, you know, his numbers would look much better. There was a period um, during last season, wasn't there, where he got three or four games on the bounce and, you know, he got a couple of assists and it looked like he was really starting to kick on. But, you know, we've spoken before in this pod, like we try and do things sensibly and do things properly, which is how they should be done. But, you know, at the other end of this is is a young lad who's just trying to fulfil his dream of being a footballer. Um, that the, the level that he's played at, he's played against France, you know, he's played against Mbappe for Christ's sake, <laughs> you know. Mm. It, um, he He's done really, really well for the level that he's at. Um, he is genuinely the nicest bloke that you could ever wish to meet, is the most unassuming, um, level-headed guy you could ever wish to meet. Um, and we're, the club will be in a worse place without him, not necessarily on the pitch, um, but around the place. He's He sets a really good image for the club. Um, and, you know, I know that he was missing home and he was really struggling with not being able to go home too often. So, um, so yeah, all the best to him. Yeah, it's a good move for a minute with it going back home and a place where he's adored and loved as well. And I think, you know, he's got, what, 24 now anyway. So it's it's a good good opportunity for him to kick on his career, get a good international career kind of finished off and, and build the Gibraltar game. Uh, still quite young and I think he's a big, you know, the Gibraltar game's quite young. I'd say twenty four is not young in the grand scheme of football, but you know he's uh, he's got an opportunity to really establish establish himself as an international legend there. So uh, good luck to him. I think when I spoke to him, one of the things he did say is that it was long, long periods of time before between going home, and it, I think it really affected him in the end. Um, and so I think it's a perfect move, and I really hope he does well. Yeah, um, sad to see him go. I think that we're we've all been in agreement for some time that I just don't think he got the opportunities that we would have liked to have seen. But you know, it looks like the move works out really well for him, both professionally and personally. And I think that it it gives him another chance to really kind of go back uh, and and reestablish himself. Uh, there's a reason why we signed him in the first place, and uh, you know, perhaps our loss will be another club's gain. Um, but very interested to see how his career progresses and uh, we'll keep looking out for him for sure. Uh, good luck, TJ, and uh, thanks for uh, thanks for being a part of our club. Uh, let's move on to Fleetwood. Let's turn our attention to Saturday must-win game at home against fellow strugglers Fleetwood Town. Uh, guys, the reverse fixture. Uh, 4-1 thrashing. Feels like a lifetime ago. Remember it fondly. It's like a treasured childhood memory at this point. Uh, Fleetwood, just like us, they've endured a pretty horrible time since then. Only four wins all season. Currently on a five-game losing streak in the league. Three of those coming under their third boss of the season, former Blackpool, Liverpool and Stoke midfielder Charlie Adams. Uh, This is a must-win game, isn't it? Um, But... As we've said earlier, confidence going in is at an all-time low. I think the expectation is is that we're just gonna we're just gonna repeat the same mistakes and ship late goals. What do we need to do to stop this run of form, or, or can we even stop the rot and turn things around at this point? 
That sounds really negative, doesn't it? We need to put games away um, all through the season, even when we were playing well. Um, you know, we've spoken about how clinical we need to be. Um, we haven't taken our chances when they've come to us. And, you know, we we repeat the same thing week in, week out. We love the strikers. You know, we love our Voxie and McCleary. Um, sadly, there is certainly picking up and Dale Taylor works his socks off, but the bottom line is they haven't scored enough goals. If you go into the last three minutes, 2-0 up or 3-0 up, you haven't got to worry. Um, but going in 1-0 up or 0-0 after scrapping for 91, 92, 93 minutes or 109 minutes, as it might have been yesterday, um, makes it very, very difficult. Um I think we need to approach the game in exactly the same way that we did last last time we played them, and that's high intensity, um, high press, um, and try and catch them on the break. Um, now, I noticed that, um, that Phillips wasn't involved yesterday, mm. um, who was somebody who, who had a lot of success against them up there. Um, so I don't know what's gone on there. I don't know if he's going back to Crystal Palace, or if he's just picked up a knock, I didn't see any communications from the club, so it'd be interesting to see what happens there. But if he is available and still around, um, I would be starting him um, because he caused them all sorts of problems up there. I'd be starting Kone, to be honest. I think this is a game where he's got an opportunity to kick on, and and if you look at their defence, their defence will be not to confidence. He seems like the guy who kind of knocks himself about a bit and isn't afraid to get a bit bullshit. I think this is a good opportunity for him to kind of see where he's at um, against an opposition that is, like us, bereft of confidence. Um, I think as long as we understand what we did right in that game up there, then there's no reason why we can't do that down here. Um, but we need to put the game to bed. If we're go if we're going to win this game, we've got to put it to bed before the seventy fifth minute because that's when we start worrying and going. Hang on a sec, are we going to win this game or are we going to see out a draw? And knowing it'd be very Wickham to be one nil up for most of the game and then they concede a very late equaliser. I think we just need to just play the same team, apart from Scowan comes in for Wiener and Tony comes in for Taylor. Then. Just go with that. I, I just think we've really got to go for it against a team like this. We've got to just, just got to try and score four goals like we did up there. Game Game's over then, isn't it? <sighs> Wouldn't that be absolutely lovely? I, I remember that, that reverse fixture, I think, was the most relaxed we've been all season. It was about the 65th minute and we were loving life, weren't we? I had dinner on. Um I mean, it's it's both two sides that are massively kind of out of form at the moment. Things are looking really bleak for Fleetwood. Uh, they've uh, been bringing in some reinforcements in the January window. They've uh, brought in Harry Boys, not Harry Boyles, uh, from Sheffield United, who was playing for us for the first half of the season. Um, so we'll see. That'll be an interesting, quick reunion uh, against him. Look, tempting fate a little bit here. We have only lost one home game against the Cods in all competitions. Four wins, two draws, one defeat. Our overall record also favours us. Seven wins, six draws, three defeats. Uh, score uh, Two things here, gents. I want a score prediction. And in the event that we do lose, I don't like saying, you know, I don't, I don't like talking like this, but if we do lose, 
where does this leave Blooms? Would you expect to see something? So score prediction and worst case scenario on the day, please. Damo, kick us off. 1-1. One, one. And Bloomfield out that evening. I am ironically positive. have no idea why. Um, I'm going 3-0. Bloomfield in. I'm going my usual score. We're actually, I think, genuinely it could actually happen this time. So 5-3. I think regardless of the result, I think Bloomfield will still be in. Um, And that's not whether I want that or not. Look, as I say, I love love the guy. Um, He is a club legend. But if we don't beat Fleetwood on Saturday, it is very worrying. Um, I'm going to go... 2-0 to us. I think this is a game that it's a game that we could win. It's a game that we should win on the evidence of what we've seen already this season. Looking at Fleetwood's recent form, looking at how their season has gone, uh, it it, it really, really should be a game that we win. So I need to be optimistic. This this podcast has been a bit challenging at times today. Uh, we, we we know the reality of the situation. No one is more aware than Blooms and the management team and the Kuhigs. Uh, I at least I hope two nil. Even if we were to lose the game, um, I think that Blooms would stay, like you said, Dan. Right. But I think it really would be untenable. I mean, looking at his win percentage, I mean Neil Smiley had a better win percentage. Uh, and, uh, you know, and Neil Smiley, there, there are similarities between those two managers, you know, in the, you know, dependable players. Neil Smiley was one of those nice guys in football. And maybe, you know, well, as the old adage goes, nice guys finish last. You know, I really want it to work for Blooms. We all want it to work for Blooms. But Saturday really is, uh, you know, we've said it a few times, but it really is do or die really really is so we shall see and on that note gentlemen a pleasure as always congratulations once again to dan our quiz champion that will do it for this week thanks for joining for another episode of the heroes of hp12 if you haven't already please subscribe on spotify and if you're loving the podcast help us out by leaving a five-star review you can follow us on Twitter at Heroes of HP12. You can follow Adam at APCWWFC, Dan at Dan Clark PR, and Damien at Damo1507. We'll be back next week with more discussion on all things Chairboys. Until then, stay well and come on, you blues. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.